all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Hi, I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, host of Southern Remedies, Relatively Speaking. Join the conversation every Tuesday at 11 as we dissect issues that are important to you and your family. That's Relatively Speaking, Tuesdays only on MPB Think Radio. morning and thanks for joining me today. You're listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio and I'm your host Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Joining me today I have Dr. Carl Mangum who is a Psych Mental Health Nurse Practitioner and also an Associate Professor of Nursing at UMMC and we're going to be talking about depression today and in particular the seasonal effect that the weather and time change can have on mental health. If you would like to join our conversation today, or you can send me an email anytime, and that address is fit at mpbonline.org. Good morning, Carl. Good morning. How are you? I am wonderful. It is a bright, sunshiny day here today, which I am always thankful for. And that kind of feeds right in with what we're talking about today. You know, you've been a frequent guest on the show, usually helping me tackle different mental health um, subjects and topics. And depression is one that we've we've talked about before, and we're certainly going to cover it uh, as well today. But in a little bit different slant, I want to talk specifically about something called seasonal affective disorder uh, and what that is. And is it a real thing? And how do we know if we have it? And all of these different things in there. But let's just kind of start with that. What is really the word seasonal affective? disorder mean well really um sad for short sad for short it's a very great um (laughs) acronym for it 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 is Uh, so seasonal affective disorder is kind of a offshoot of uh, major depressive disorder and uh, it's one of the things that we we look for especially this time of year during the holidays pardon me right Mm -hmm. after the time change um, and it's one of the things that's that's really noticeable um, by other people. Usually other people notice it first. Uh, I've seen many people on the Internet, different blogs and different things, uh, already complaining about the time change mm-hmm. and uh, uh, being dark so quick and things like that. But it does uh, provide you more light in the mornings. So, uh, <laughs> but I'm not a morning person. <laughs> so, so the morning people are happy and mm-hmm. the evening people are a little upset. Yep. But uh, don't worry, in March it'll switch back. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but that's a good thing. Uh, so seasonal uh, uh, affective disorder is, is one of those things that um, uh, 
not everybody actually believes in, but it is a real right. thing. It is diagnosable, and uh, it does affect people. And uh, we tend to see it more in the northern half of the of the hemisphere and the northern part of uh, our country. Uh, But that doesn't mean it doesn't apply, you know, here in the south also. Uh, So typically what you're going to see is some depression, some anxiety, mood changes, sleep problems, uh, maybe even some overeating, maybe Mm -hmm. even some social problems. and I know what I've just described is many people say, well, well that's depression and or anxiety. Well, what this is, is, is what brings it on and what do you do to help correct it? And uh, that's what makes it different. And we're looking at um, at least two weeks of this mm-hmm. is, is kind of where we draw the line is you, you need to have it uh, for at least two weeks. And this is more than just being sad about something or having the blues or having a bad day or two. Uh, we always have that, and that's called being human. And um, it, it's more than that. Mm-hmm. And this, this actually affects you. Um, it can affect your work, and it can affect your family time. Uh, it can affect your, your friendships with people. And so uh, that's, that's when we um, want you to say, hey, something's wrong. I need some help. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And if we take those you know, words and kind of break them down, I think everybody probably knows what the word disorder means, and everybody knows what seasonal means. But that affective word, if we chop it down a little bit more and think about the word affect, which that's something that we talk about in healthcare a lot, especially when it's part of our physical exam. We comment on people's affect. But in essence, that's kind of the the mood that they are are presenting, right? Right. right. Are you acting like uh, the, how you're feeling? Right. And, and what you're saying, is it matching how you're behaving? Uh, and that's kind of um, it in a nutshell. Yeah. So again, boiling that down, it's kind of a change in mood and how you're feeling based off of the season and generally the seasons where there are less where there's less light less opportunity to be outside and being exposed to sun and those types of things and the the other factor that goes with that are the holidays Mm -hmm. and um, we just got through thanksgiving and now we're facing christmas and new years and and hanukkah and and kwanzaa and other uh family times Mm -hmm. that people want to spend together and um uh, you know, I, I may be a little early getting into this. No, but, go ahead. But the uh, the um, this time of year, especially with loss of loved ones mm-hmm. um, um, from the previous year or even in this type of year, and I usually don't like to you know divulge a lot of personal stuff, but I, I know you know personally this time of year, the first two weeks of December are a little tough um, on uh, my wife and I. Um, and, um, you know, my wife and I celebrate 40 years together this, this past uh, June. And so um, we've had a Congrats. lot of time. Thanks. <laughs> we've had a lot of time together and, and been through a lot of things. But uh, the first two weeks of December are anniversaries of, of losing um, her dad, mm-hmm. her mom, and my mom. Um, and all that occurred, of course, different years over the past, um, um, you know, a couple of decades. But uh, it all occurred uh, anniversary dates of the first two weeks mm-hmm. of, of December. And so this time of year, um, and I certainly understand um, what people feel and what they go through. At least I know what I feel mm-hmm. and what I go through and I get to experience through her uh, what she feels and goes through. So it can be a trying time. It can uh, bring back those memories, bring mm-hmm. back that longing, bring back sadness of not being with your loved ones and uh, getting to see them. 
But through the years, you have to learn to cope with that, and you have to learn to um, be positive and know that your loved ones would not want you to be sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would want you to be happy. They would want you to celebrate anyway. And that's uh, one of the things, even um, after um, um, each one of our parents passed away, that year you, you just kind of like, man, I don't even want to put up a Christmas tree. Uh, and, you know, um, uh, during that time, uh uh, our kids were still small, and, and then the other times we had grandkids. And so I was like, you know, uh, each one of uh, of those parents would have said, no, you put that right. up for, for your kids and your grandkids, and, and you need to celebrate anyway. Uh, Christmas and the holidays are not about us. It's about other things, mm-hmm. and it's about family. And so w- when you're first going through this, those first years of, of having to deal with this, um, you really have to think about those things, and you have to put what's important first, what is the here and now. Mm-hmm. And the here and now are the, your family that's there with you or that's going to be there with you. And uh, those other family members that have passed would want you to, hey, let's celebrate, show them what it's like to be family. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's just important that, um, you know, I wanted to make sure I brought that up because I know so many people go through that and have to deal with that every year. And uh, you're not alone. I want you to know that. And, of course, anything we talk about today, I want you to know you're not alone. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are many, many other people, like everyone else, uh, has to face something similar. And, you know, reach out and talk to somebody. Share your difficulties and um, and work work through it, and um, it'll make it better for you. Absolutely, you know, thinking through that, a lot of people associate. I talk about my my daughter that was stillborn a lot, and her birthday was is in the summer. So people generally associate the summer with with my grief and loss. But her due date was actually in December, and so it's been thirteen years. This is the thirteenth Christmas, and every year when we put our tree up, and I put the little ornaments on the tree for my living children you know um that just kind of really hits home that there's there's not three of those ornaments on the tree and it's okay to feel that Mm -hmm. right and that that's important to like it's okay to feel that sadness it's okay to even still be a little bit ticked off about it you know um but then try and spin that into making the memories with the the folks that that you have and so it's not ignoring those feelings it's feeling them processing them uh, and letting them drive you to to make additional memories with those that are still here right it's it's turning that um and we'll call it sadness and mm-hmm. and and that missing th- those people um into good mm-hmm. and, and making it a positive thing for you, for for whomever else in your family you're with. Um, if it's friends and not family, that's fine. That This applies to the same. And uh, it's just important to, tr- to try to be positive. And, and I know it's difficult. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I know it's difficult. And, and I know... Um, Usually nighttime is is worse than daytime, and that's why we talk a lot about uh, with it getting dark early mm-hmm. and, and, and less light and, and things like that, and that's why it fe- uh, affects seasonal affective disorder um, because of uh, nighttime brings on things and mm-hmm. makes you think and makes you worry and 
things like that. So that's another reason to stay busy and to uh, work through these things and, and try to stay as positive as possible. Absolutely. All right. We talked about what it is, what seasonal affective disorder is, but but why? Like, what causes it? Well, generally, it's it's thought that um, the lack of light mm-hmm. actually is one of the the main things that uh, that's identified, um, and it, it's one of those things that the holidays, just the the pressure of mm-hmm. all the holidays that people put on themselves, um, and, and the the act of family coming in and out, where you you get. Uh, that family member that you only see once a year, but you get a heavy dose of them uh, <laughs> right there all at it's once. It's a very either. kind way to put it. Um, and uh, so it's uh, it's one of those things that uh, it, it just seems to uh, catch itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, a lot of depression, and 64% of people with mental illness report holidays make their conditions worse. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing that the stress that goes with it yeah. uh, seems to um uh, make people that already have a mental illness makes it worse. But I would say the the people that are not diagnosed with mental illness, uh, just the pure stress mm-hmm. of going through the holidays um, makes it yeah. part of the problem. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you bring up a really good point that you don't have to have a mental illness to be affected at the holiday season um, because it is a rather stressful time. You know, you've got like just for me this week, I have an, a, an event, let's say, or something I have to be at every day this week at nighttime. Like I've got a, a you know a separate function every night. And so that's an added stressor of how am I going to get my kids from school? Who's going to help them with their homework? What are we going to have for dinner? How am I going to get to this thing and get back? And, you know, all of those things kind of rolled into one, not to mention you're trying to get your house decorated for for the holiday. You're trying to get gifts for people that are going to be coming in. You're trying to gonna figure out where you're going to put everybody that may be staying with you and, and those types of things. So it's just a whole lot more things to do on top of your everyday stressors and then the days seem shorter because it's still 24 hours in the day but the days seem shorter because there's less light dark at five o'clock and i mean pitch dark at five o'clock not twilight i mean it could be midnight out there and you would not know it and so it seems like there's less time to get all this the stuff that needs to be done in and you know What I try and think about is it's okay to say no to some of those things. Um, And it's okay to not have everything perfect. That's right. Right. Um, And people uh, need to understand that it is okay to say no. You don't have to do everything and you don't have to be everything to everyone. And you can pick and choose, and it's okay, and the world's not going to come to an end. People are not going to be mad at you for mm-hmm. the rest of your life or the rest of their life, whichever is appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's okay, and you can pick and choose and mm-hmm. do what you want. Mm-hmm. I mean, you really can. And and sometimes you just need to be reminded of that. Uh, so we're giving you permission to say no and mm-hmm. pick and choose what you want to do this holiday season. Absolutely. Um, and and it's, it's okay to do that. Yeah. And, you know, one of my when I was doing some health coach training, when I was getting trained as a health coach, uh, my instructor, one of the, the most powerful things she told me is no is a complete sentence, like no period. 
because uh, we tend to, when we say no to something, we then try and offer up some reason why we are not going to do that. But you don't have to do that. You could just you, say... You can add in a thank you and that's no, it. No, thank you, not right now, <laughs> right? And, you know, that kind of goes back, for me anyway, to kind of your purpose and your, your why and what drives your actions. And I used to be very much a, a yes girl. Like I said yes to anything and everything that, that came along um, because I'm, I like to help people and I like to do things, right? Um, but... You get yourself overextended there, and then you're not helping another, another way to look at that is you're you're preventing burnout. Yes, is, is what it is. Yeah. And, and everyone needs to take a break. That's the that's the other thing we forget about. And and I'll, I'll be honest with you, the older I get, the more I understand I need mm-hmm. a break. Mm-hmm. And you just have to call a timeout, whatever analogy you want to use. Timeout, break. Um, um, whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, you need to call those. And sometimes you need them daily. Sometimes you need a whole day Mm -hmm. of it. And especially during this time of year, it's important to uh, do that. Set aside some time for just uh, you, your significant other, and be away from Mm -hmm. it. And uh, everyone needs that downtime. And uh, this time of year, it's even more important to have that downtime. Yeah, For me, it's reading. I adore uh, to read. It's like traveling to all kinds of places without ever having to pack your bag or be wedged in a plane seat and this weekend on my to-do list was to decorate the front porch right but what did I do instead because I just I couldn't do it I got up and I was like I I need for my brain just to not have to do things today so I read on Saturday so what's on my front porch there are still pumpkins on my front porch and I may stick a carrot nose on one of them and a scarf and we'll just call him a snowman with a suntan I don't know just but there are still red and green. <laughs> there are still pumpkins out there and it's going to be okay right but I felt so much better the rest of the weekend because I took that little pocket of time just to just to chill because I had been on all week long there all right, so you mentioned uh, light as kind of a big contributor to this. So right, and that really comes that? from the um, neurotransmitter serotonin mm. is really what um, the link is is there for that, and that's really where that comes from. Mm-hmm. And serotonin we tend to associate with depression, right? right? When we have um, problems taking up our serotonin and using it appropriately as when we often see some of the symptoms of depression, which is why there's a whole class of medications called selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. That's right. They're SSRS. Very good. They work very well. Um, but that is one of the reasons. And then how that relates into light, you know, if you're a regular listener to the show, you know, I talk about sleep a lot and the importance of sleep and our overall health. But the one of the main drivers of the type of sleep we get, the amount we get, and the quality we get is the presence of light. And we talk about needing to sleep in a dark room, right? And so you may be going, well, Josie, you just said that you need light. Why are you talking about a dark room? Well, it's it's what our purpose is at that point in time. And when we're trying to sleep well, it really is based on having a kind of set circadian rhythm. And when we say circadian rhythm, that's just a you know fancy term for that 24-hour clock that we have in our body. And every single one of our uh, kind of cells in our body functions on that that 24-hour pattern. But not each one of those little cells have a 
have a clock inside of them. They're dependent upon kind of a, a master clock to, to set that rhythm. And we secrete hormones based off of what, you know, quote unquote time it is in our body and lots of different things happen that way. And that master clock is set by the presence of or absence of light. And, you know, historically, we spent the majority of our time outside in the sun during the day working. And then when the sun went down, we went into our homes. There was not a whole lot of electricity, more candles, lamps, more uh, task lighting. And uh, then you blew those out toward the end of the night and you went to sleep, you know, and you got up in the morning time. And that really kind of helped set that, that pattern. But now there's light all of the time. You know, we are very much in the middle of the building here um, at MPB right now without uh, external windows. So I couldn't tell you what time it is right now if I didn't have a clock on the wall kind of pointing me toward that because the only light I'm getting is this artificial light that's in here and it doesn't change, right? It's not going to go down or go up um, as the time changes outside. And so it's really hard for our brain to know what the heck is is going on there and set that rhythm. And so when uh, the time changes and it starts to get dark a little bit sooner, when we are exposed to that, it kind of starts to throw everything off a little bit because you get you get sleepy sooner because of that lack of light, right? So what are some things we can do to help support that good uh, that good rhythm, that good 24 hour rhythm? Well, first of all, get some sleep. <laughs> Absolutely. Seven to nine hours, yeah. friends. I, I, I know we all get tired of hearing good sleep, diet, and exercise. Mm-hmm. Those three words, I know we just get sick of hearing them, but but they mean something, they y'all. Do. They, they really do work. Um, sleep, diet, and exercise are really three very important things to uh, overall good health, uh, and including mental health. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very important. If you're on medications, make sure you continue to take your medications, mm-hmm. especially, uh, well, any medication. But, of course, since I'm a psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner, I'm going to tell you. That's your mental health meds. That's yes. right. Make sure you take those. If you're in a therapy group or mm-hmm. uh, individual therapy, please stay in therapy. Don't don't miss those appointments uh, just because it's the holidays, mm-hmm. okay? Um, think about that grief and loss that we've kind of talked about already. Um, and, and if you need to talk to somebody, please talk to someone about it. One thing that we don't mention a lot is that financial stress. The holidays put people in um, extra spending mode, and, mm-hmm. and uh, economy is still a little tough right now yeah. for the average person. And so it makes it a little more difficult, and people will overextend themselves, and that brings on a lot of worry and anxiety and depression and things along with that. Other ideas are to be realistic about what your expectations should Mm be. I know many of us think about family coming over, and we're like, hey, this is going to be the best Christmas ever. I know it sounds like a movie, but... um, (laughs) It, it, it's one of those things, but you really have to have realistic expectations and be honest with yourself and be honest with your you know, loved ones. Uh, don't try to be the superhero, super mom, super dad, super uh, grandparents. You know, just, just, just try to be normal. Because most of the um, times your kids think you're a superhero anyway, exactly. even when you're struggling. 
And be careful about volunteering for everything. We kind of mentioned about (laughs) that earlier. Say no. Uh, It's okay to volunteer for a couple of things, Uh, maybe something you've been doing uh, for many years. Mm -hmm. Uh, But otherwise, you know, um, be be selectful when you do that. Uh, And. Well, then you you give your authentic energy when you do that, when you're able to, you know, kind of limit the number of things that you do. When you show up, you show up with a glad heart instead of a a grouchy on your grouchy pants on, you know, and that's that's really important. And again, that goes back to matching it to to what your purpose is. And, you know, um, my family is a really important part of my purpose. And so if I'm spending all my energy on doing things outside of my family, then that impacts that that big chunk of my purpose and leads to a lot of burnout. So you got to make sure you, you're matching your stuff. That's right. And keep, um, you know, keep thinking about just prevention. Mm-hmm. What can I do to stay ahead of the stress, stay ahead of the, the we'll just call it depression um, of getting the downs. Mm-hmm. Um, what can I do to stay ahead of that? And that's what you need to do. Uh, of course, um, don't turn to alcohol. Don't turn to uh, non-prescribed drugs and things like that. That's just going to make the situation mm-hmm. worse. Um, it's not going to help you. Um, and, and you know, there may be uh, some people that this gets bad enough. Uh, if it's more than two weeks and it gets bad enough, you may actually need some medication. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very possible, and that's when you need to reach out to your uh, healthcare professional and say, hey, look, I need some help. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and go you can from there. certainly start with your primary care provider. Sure. Um, and then if they need additional um, support, get you plugged in with a psychiatrist, psych nurse practitioner, um, someone to, or a psychologist, someone to help you with that. Before we go to this next break, Carl, just briefly, when you start medication, in particular antidepressant medication, it is not like a, you take one pill and you're going to feel better the next day, right? Right. Most of our medications, uh, to reach their efficacy, it takes about six weeks. Mm-hmm. So even if we started now, it would be after the first of the year before I would be able to say, hey, your medicine is really helping you, mm-hmm. or hey, maybe we need to try a different medicine. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the time, it's going to be at least six weeks before it reaches that highest level. Yeah, uh, You may feel better after a few doses, mm-hmm. a couple of weeks. Couple you weeks, may say, yeah. hey, I think it may be working, but we're not going to be absolutely... Right. Absolutely be able to say that right. to at least about six weeks. So we got to get up a little bit of time. A lot of folks come back to see me and they have kind of given up after a week right. or so of that. And I'm like, oh, we got to we got to keep going a little bit there. Everybody's used to those antibiotics. You, you got <laughs> right. seven to ten days of it. And man, whatever was bothering you right. is gone and right. I'm good. Right. It doesn't work that way yeah. with our psych mental health drugs. Yeah. It takes a little bit longer. And that's why I love to pair it with the counseling piece and the psychotherapy as well so that we can be learning how to think about our emotions differently while we're waiting on the medication to, to get to its its full um, efficacy. You're listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Josie Bidwell, nurse practitioner at UMMC. In the studio with me today is Dr. Carl Mangum, who is also at UMMC and serves as a psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner. And we've been talking about seasonal affective disorder today, also known as SAD. All right, we talked about several um, things before the break, in, in particular the word serotonin as being one of the kind of neurotransmitters that is related to our mood and can uh, contribute to depression, things like that. And we also talked about light. And when you think about light, uh, I hope you think the word melatonin uh, after that, as that is one of the reasons we talk about sleeping in a dark room, because 
the presence of light kind of keeps us from releasing melatonin from our pineal gland. And that's one of the things that makes us be awake during daylight hours and makes us drift off to sleep uh, when it's when it's darker. And serotonin is actually a precursor to melatonin. So all of those things are related uh, to, to each other in there. Um, when we're trying to establish a good sleep hygiene pattern, what we're trying to do is mimic the pattern of the sun, essentially, um, because we don't spend as much time outside. And so then the spot at the kind of the back of our eye uh, perceives that percentage of light and can actually tell where the sun is in the sky and where what time of the day it is, so to speak, based off of that. Um, and so helping to mimic that as much as we can can be really helpful. And if you don't have dimmers on your light switches at home, that's a really good option for if you're having trouble falling asleep, uh, using a dimmer to kind of try and dim that light down a little bit toward the end of the day. So if we're thinking about light exposure from a seasonal affective disorder standpoint, you may have seen um, kind of ads for phototherapy for that. And what is phototherapy? Phototherapy is where you're using artificial light in place of the sun. Mm -hmm. Your best thing, though, is to get you some sunlight. Exactly. Um, and, of course, uh, spend more time outside mm -hmm. as possible. Um, and, again, it, it varies depending on your situation. Mm -hmm. If you can't actually be outside, um, if you can open up uh, window shades and allow the light in where you can set uh, near a window mm -hmm. or in the path of that light, uh, that would be great. Mm -hmm. And having that sunshine come in into your living area uh, is still a very positive way and a very um, – I'll call it even uplifting for many mm -hmm. people, um, especially this time of year. Um, but that artificial light, um, it, it can be um, um, purchased and used. Uh, now, this is just not a 60-watt light bulb nope. uh, from your local store. Uh, these are special lights that are uh, designed to mimic that sunlight. And, um, you know, you want to be careful using it and you want to uh, you know, if you're if you're to the point where you're having to use this artificial light, you probably have already seen a healthcare professional, right? Who's told you and, about it, and they've told you that you need to use it. And so, um, you know, it's one of those things you don't want to uh, be sitting in the sunlight 24 hours a day because of the very things that we've been discussing here. That you don't need it 24 hours a day; mm -hmm. you need a certain amount. And that's why when we see uh, sad. We see it more in the northern reaches of our country and of the hemisphere. You know, you think of Alaska. Part of it goes, uh, you know, goes dark, dark uh, and, and man, till March. That sounds terrible. <laughs> um, for I've, me, I'm sure some people love it, but I know, would not do well with it. You know, and I've, I've been there in the summer, not mm -hmm. in the winter, and you know, the sun came up at you know three o'clock in the morning, and I was like. Wow, this is really weird. Uh, so they have plenty of sunlight in the summer and very little in mm -hmm. the winter or none at, at some point. So th that's where you think a lot of that. But the wintertime blues that you think of around here, it, it, it's still the same thing. Mm -hmm. We just have some sunlight uh, where northern Alaska has none. Mm -hmm. So the, er, all the um, descriptions we're given are the same, mm -hmm. and, and the treatment is the same. Mm -hmm. The responses are the same. So uh, when you think about the artificial sunlight, uh, just be careful using it. 
uh, like any other thing that requires uh, electricity, there's a danger in right, using it. Have so, some safety around so, it. So be safe in using it. And if you're to the point where you think you need something like that, you 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 know, I definitely encourage you to talk to your healthcare professional. Mm-hmm. And there are kind of some rules around it. You mentioned it's not just like your regular. It's not just a regular light. It's not a tanning bed light. It actually is not UV light at all. So that's an important thing to to keep in um, check. And it is specially made for this. So there's a certain, um, not wattage, but a a different measure that's called a lux. That is the the amount of of light that's coming from it that is specific for phototherapy light boxes for this. Um, And don't stare directly into it. Just like don't stare directly into the sun, don't stare directly into the light box. And it, you know, that seems dumb, but it also seems like, well, you told me that the back of your eye senses the light. And so you absolutely want the light to be getting to that area, but you're not looking directly on it. Um, I usually recommend folks kind of sit it up on a shelf a little bit so that it's a little bit above them, just mm-hmm. like the sun is a little bit above you. That's the um, best way to do it. And that way you're getting some indirect light coming in from there without, you know, damaging your eyeballs because that is no good there. And it's really only 15 to 20 minutes of it. You don't sit, cut this thing on and leave it on all day 15 to 20 minutes and best in the morning when the sun would be coming up to kind of help set that circadian rhythm all right we've got a caller on the line we'll go to jackson and say good morning edwin how can we help you hello am i in there here you are here okay are you are you allowed to use a, a store company name on the air yes okay I went. I go to the Dollar Tree because they got a lot of good stuff over there. Me uh, too. I love the Dollar Tree. I happen to walk down the aisle, and you know those little bulbs that the energy saving bulbs and that they kind of look frosted on uh-huh. top. And, and I found a black light. Hmm. And, I've, and ever since I've been using this black light, I, I put it on at night until I put it under the desk where it's not shining, mm-hmm. and I have I sleep all through the night. So you're kind of using it almost like a little nightlight. Yeah. Wonder. I mean, it's bright enough where you can, like, mm-hmm. where you won't step on the dog when you wake up. <laughs> That's important. That fall and prevention is important. And, uh, like, it's it's a buck and a quarter. And, and one thing you talked about using a dimmer. Mm-hmm. You use a dimmer, you use the sun to night electricity, whether yeah. the light's bright or the You're just sucking up the electricity. Yep. But this thing I found out, I tried it out, and... And I, and I had trouble sleeping. I, you know, mm-hmm. I take different medicines. And mm-hmm. I've had some uh, uh, health problems that would bother me, et cetera, et cetera. But since I got that, you know, I sleep three or four hours and then, you know, get up for a minute or two. And then I can lay back down and go and have a more restful night. I feel so much better. Well, I'm and, so uh, glad that that helped you. That's wonderful. Well, as cheap as it is. You know, <laughs> exactly. You know, can't beat it. Wonderful. Well, thanks for sharing that tip. Okay, we all all stay safe and have a Merry Christmas. You as well, absolutely. And you know that that's an interesting point to bring up because if if you're looking for a kind of a safety light in your your room, um, but you're having trouble sleeping, you know he's using a black light. I haven't looked at the kind of the literature on that or anything, but a red light. So there's a red filter that can be placed on, um, or you can get night lights that have a red filter. That um, red filter on it helps negate some of the um, 
impact of that light on your on your retina and then on disrupting melatonin patterns. So usually for folks that that need some type of light to, to get up and go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, I recommend kind of one of those red filters on their um, on their nightlight to help with that. All right, Carl, sometimes if you are going through a, pr- a problem with any mental illness, but you know today we're talking depression, anxiety, those types of things, sometimes you don't notice it. People around you pick up on those clues. So if you're a loved one of someone that you feel like might be struggling this time of the year, how do we help those individuals? You know what? How do you start that conversation? Very carefully. <laughs> uh, that's my uh, professional uh, opinion. Now, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it's it's one of those simple things of out of love and concern. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like, um, um, hey, Josie, how you feeling? Mm-hmm. You, you seem to be upset or you seem like you're distant or you seem like something's bothering you or you. You seem a little snippy today. Uh, <laughs> I'm you, feeling attacked, Carl. You, you know that's a uh, a technical term, snippy. Yes. Uh, but uh, good Southern people know what that means. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, it's one of those things where you you just ask a few simple questions, but you do it in such a way that you're showing concern, mm-hmm. that you're not doing it out of a I gotcha or hey. Uh, you're uh, in a way of being ugly to the person. And so you're just asking some simple questions of, hey, are you okay? Mm-hmm. You, this is what I see. You kind of reflect back of mm-hmm. what you see, uh, the behavior, how they're acting, uh, what they're saying, if it's certain words or terms, and then uh, allow them to respond. Mm-hmm. And and they say, well, you know, I have been feeling kind of this way or I haven't been acting that way. And somebody else will say, well, yeah, you have Mm -hmm. been. This is what you've been doing. And they're like, well, you know, I didn't even pay attention to that. You know, I am kind of tired or I have been worried about this. You know, the holidays are coming up and I hadn't been sleeping well or I hadn't been eating well. And usually things will start coming out. Mm and then uh, say, hey, would you just like to talk? Uh, we can talk about it. Is something I can help you with? Uh, is there someone, you know, I can get you in touch with? Um, you know, you start offering solutions or uh, ways to help them. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, sometimes people will take that and sometimes they won't. Sometimes you have to let people go away and think about it a little bit now that you've presented it. Mm-hmm. And then maybe they can solve it on their own mm-hmm. now that they've uh, been uh, – I hate to use the word confronted, but now that they've been uh, told about what's going on or what other people see, then they can fix it themselves or work on it themselves. Or they may come back to that person or other people saying, hey, I understand I've been acting this way or people have been seeing this in me. I think I need some help. And this is what I want to do. And and that's how you do it. You you do it out of a loving way. And and still they may react in a very strong negative way once you present it. But that's okay. You're it's it's how your heart is doing it. Mm-hmm. Are you coming from a loving standpoint? If you are, it's okay. Uh you're trying to do something to help them. Yeah. And you know, my favorite phrase is tell me how. Like instead of asking kind of what we call close-ended questions where people can just say yes or no or I'm fine or nothing, you know, I'll say tell me what I can do to make your day better. Right? And oftentimes that that leads to a kind of specific item. It may be 
that you had a list, like if I'm talking to a coworker, they had a list of phone calls that had to be made. Could I, can I help with that? Right. You know, can I take some of those off? Or they have a particularly difficult um, kind of patient case they're working through. And I'm like, well, just bounce it off of me. Let's talk it out. Let's see, you know, if we can figure out um, how best to, to help this patient. Yeah, those are magic words. How can I help uh-huh. you? Tell me how I can help you, friend. Um, and the counterpart to that is you have to be ready when someone tells you uh, how how you, how they can help you. Uh, and that can be, you know, just showing up, just listening, being there. But if someone discloses uh, more more serious things, you know, if someone... Maybe even personal things. Right. Um, you know, you kind of have to know how to, to respond to that. And, of course, we think of it, you know, along a continuum. And one of the, the things that people are often scared that someone is going to say is, well, I'm thinking of hurting myself, right? And what so what do we do if somebody says that? Sure. Um, it's one of those things that if someone says, I'm thinking about killing myself, uh, you have to take that very seriously mm. and you have to... Um, uh, kind of stop and say, "Are you thinking about killing yourself today?" Right. Is really the next right. question, and, and they'll and if they, the answer is yes, you have to uh, get them some help. Uh, you need to take them to the nearest emergency department um, and, and get them some help. Um, you know, maybe even up to calling an ambulance to mm-hmm. come get them um, if the situation is is that serious. Um, we we don't allow people. We we don't try to let people that voice that serious of a threat to themselves uh, walk away mm-hmm. uh, because it's just not safe. And um, this time of year, is, is you're, you're more likely to hear that from someone mm-hmm. based on all the things we've talked about today that's past seasonal affective disorder. Mm-hmm. Usually uh, seasonal affective disorder doesn't bring on suicidal thoughts. Right. We're talking way past that. Mm-hmm. And, and if that does, uh, you need to be prepared to get them some help. Yeah. Um, now, it's necessarily not going to be you, but get them to a hospital uh, that can uh, get them some help. And just don't leave them alone. Exactly. You know, I mean, that that's the, the most important thing. You don't have to have all the answers, um, but if we're going to recommend like if you're going well we need to get you to the hospital right go go with them yeah follow right? it through um with that you know and if you're someone out there who's listening and you're like I mean, i'm feeling this way or i wish i had someone to talk to remember that the the mental health crisis hotline is much easier to remember now it's just just three numbers it's just 988 just like 911 right. which you can call 911 for a mental health emergency as well sure. you know um, but 988 will get you kind of a dedicated mental health uh, crisis intervention where people will talk with you um, or get you, you know, more intensive uh, care if that is what you need. But that is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, um, and is, a you know, a, a really something that I put in all of my um, patient paperwork. I'm like, that number is there for any time that you, you need it and that you want to call it. Um, but... Just being present is one of the most significant things that you can do and taking any of those things seriously. You know, sometimes people may say it in passing, like, I wish I was dead. You know, listen to those things, right? Because that may be them trying to uh, get help, 
with, ask, with, ask more questions yeah, without a, disclosing it. Yeah. Exactly. Acknowledge it and ask more questions yeah. and, and see where they're coming from. Some people are just frustrated mm-hmm. and say things out of frustration, mm-hmm. uh, but other people are searching for help, mm-hmm. and that's how they're doing it. And uh, you may be the one person that can intervene mm-hmm. to help them, mm-hmm. and uh, don't let it pass you by. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and if you don't know what to do, reach out to um, their health care provider as well. Sure. Encourage them to contact their health care provider to discuss that. Um, more. But this is a hard time of the year, but you are not alone. That's right. All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Carl Mangum. You've been listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. We are produced by the wonderful Kevin Farrell. Make sure that you tune in every weekday at 11 for the full Southern Remedy lineup and never miss an episode by downloading our podcast. Just search for Southern Remedy on your favorite podcasting app. This has been Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.